Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Friday of the 14th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who in the abasement of your Son have raised up a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy, for on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Hosea. The Lord says this, Israel, Come back to the Lord your God. Your iniquity was the cause of your downfall. Provide yourself with words and come back to the Lord. Say to him, Take all my iniquity away so that we may have happiness again and offer you our words of praise. Assyria cannot save us. We will not ride horses anymore or say, Our God, to what our own hands have made. For you are the one in whom orphans find compassion. I will heal their disloyalty. I will love them with all my heart, for my anger has turned from them. I will fall like dew on Israel. He shall bloom like the lily and thrust out roots like the poplar. His shoots will spread far. He will have the beauty of the olive and the fragrance of Lebanon. They will come back to live in my shade. They will grow corn that flourishes. They will cultivate vines, as renowned as the wine of Helbon. What has Ephraim to do with idols anymore, when it is I who hear his prayer and care for him? I am like a cypress evergreen. All your fruitfulness comes from me. Let the wise men understand these words. Let the intelligent man grasp their meaning, for the ways of the Lord are straight, and virtuous men walk in them but sinners stumble. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My mouth will declare your praise. My mouth will declare your praise. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness, in your compassion, blot out my offence. O wash me more and more from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. My mouth will declare your praise. Indeed, you love truth in the heart. Then in secret of my heart, teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. 
My mouth will declare your praise. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. My mouth will declare your praise. Give me again the joy of your help, with a spirit of fervor sustain me. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. My mouth will declare your praise. Alleluia, Alleluia. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will teach you all truth, and bring to your mind all I have told you. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus instructed the twelve as follows. Remember, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. So be as cunning as serpents, and yet as harmless as doves. Beware of men. They will hand you over to Sanhedrins and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the pagans. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how to speak or what to say. What you are to say will be given to you when the time comes, because it is not you who will be speaking, the spirit of your father will be speaking in you. Brother will betray brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rise against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all men on account of my name. But the man who stands firm to the end will be saved. If they persecute you in one town, take refuge in the next. And if they persecute you in that, take refuge in another. I tell you solemnly, you will not have gone the round of the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so where have we come from? The Lord's chosen his 12 apostles. He's given them instructions to carry no purse, no haversack, no gold, no silver, no extra tunic, no extra sandals, and to go out and to proclaim the good news, to bring peace into the villages into which they enter. Now we get this rather strange instruction. Jesus says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves, which, which sounds a bit ominous, admittedly, because sheep are not at home among wolves. But he then says, be as cunning as serpents and yet as harmless as doves. Now, I think biblically we're accustomed to seeing the serpent equated with the evil one. Going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, the serpent is the ancient tempter. But here's the interesting thing. What was it that made the serpent such a good tempter? It was the fact of being cunning. The serpent understood the soft spots and where to apply pressure. The serpent also knew his timing. When would be the most opportune moment to apply maximum pressure? In short... The serpent's cunning. And in the service of evil, cunning becomes even more evil. But what about in the service of good? To make use of wisdom and prudence. To know the right thing to say and the right time to say it. That's certainly got to be a good thing. That kind of cunning in the service of the truth would certainly help to make the truth understandable and therefore convincing. 
And so the serpent gets praised for his cunning. But, says Jesus, you need to also be as harmless as doves. In other words, to be at the service of the one with whom we're having a discourse. To speak for their sake and not for ours. So it's important information for those who are engaged in apostolic activity. Those who, like the apostles, have been sent out in order to proclaim the good news and to bring healing and freedom. And so that becomes a pretty potent mixture. If you're as cunning as a serpent, if you're prudent, knowing the right thing to say and the right time to say it, and then to know the right motivation for saying what we say to be harmless as doves, then become a pretty powerful package. Sent out like sheep among wolves, yeah, but pretty good sheep. Sheep that might just turn a wolf or two. I think we've probably all been in that predicament where, you know, you feel either the faith is attacked or the church is attacked or we're attacked or whatever. And certainly the gospel here tells us not to be surprised when that happens. I mean, sheep among wolves at the end of the day. But I I suppose the predicament that we often have is like, well, what do I say? How do I respond? Should I respond? And if you're anything like me, maybe there's a, a, a temptation to get a little bit defensive, maybe a temptation to get a little bit aggressive, especially if someone's trying to get a rise out of me or trying to say something, you know, sort of deliberately insulting about something that I hold very precious. I think here the Lord gives us two very important principles that can guide through these predicaments. Be as cunning as serpents, and yet as harmless as doves. First of all, be prudent. Have that virtue which knows not just the right thing to do, but also knows the right time to do it. You see, there are 101 different good things that I could possibly do at any given moment. But what's given to me? What am I supposed to be doing at the moment? What's the opportune thing to be doing? They might all be good, but what's the prudent thing to do? We see in Jesus' public ministry that there are times when he stands up and he has a pretty good battle with scribes and Pharisees. There are other times when he walks away. There are times when he speaks. There are other times when he falls silent. How do, we, how do we discern one from the other? Well, I think that's where the virtue of prudence comes in. Prudence comes firstly by experience. You know, you practice, you learn from how things go. You know, you might find that on a Friday night when you're having drinks with your mates, it's probably not the best time to be discussing, you know, really controversial social topics. Because, you know, everyone's got a couple of drinks under them. And you're probably not going to get very far when there's a group that are opposing you and they start swarming. It's like, okay, well, you know what? Experience tells me that this might actually just be a moment where I'm casting pearls before swine. Maybe even the Lord here would be quiet. But what if you're one-on-one with a mate? And something genuinely comes up as as a real question, as an authentic question. You know, not just an attack. Not just, you know, grandstanding. But... What's that about? You know what? If, if I fall silent in that circumstance, I might be missing an opportunity. It might be really imprudent for me to remain silent or to be cowardly or not to want to 
reveal something of, of my faith and my friendship in Christ. So I think cunning as a serpent means firstly being prudent, knowing the right thing to do and the right time to do it. But secondly, I think being cunning as a serpent means you also got to know your stuff. To have the capacity to be convincing. Jesus goes on to say that we need the Spirit in order to speak wisdom. We need the Spirit to be the one who speaks through us. And isn't that encouraging to know that God remains with us and God coaches and trains us? In order to be cunning, though, we do need to know our stuff. But here's the second bit, that you've got to be as harmless as a dove. Cunning by all means, but, but cunning not for our own sake, but for the sake of the one with whom we're speaking. And I think this becomes an essential point of examination for ourselves. Who am I talking for? Myself? Am I trying to prove myself the smartest guy in the room? Am I trying to defend the church from the person who's attacked, in which case I need to defeat the attacker? No, I need to be harmless as a dove. I need to examine my heart to see what my true motivations are. Am I really operating out of love for the other, out of concern that knowing the gospel, that their life would be truly richer, Am I speaking for their sake? Or is there secretly a prideful motive behind my evangelization? Is it about proving me right? Is it about proving them wrong? Is it about winning the battle? Is it about coming out on top? You know, if you're someone who uses social media, I think that these two principles can really help to govern the comments that we make on other people's posts and tweets. Cunning as a serpent, harmless as a dove. A serpent doesn't waste time being ineffective. And a dove doesn't bring harm to others. So be smart, not stupid. And do it for the other, not for yourself. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. 
I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.